Welcome to the Brand and Associates podcast, Insurance Banter. In each one of our episodes, you'll experience insightful discussions about important topics you can implement in your business to become a more effective insurance professional. And today, it's just going to be Chris and I again. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Um, I've already written 2023 on a couple checks. Yes, I still write checks. So, uh, you know, I'm kicking it off just as always. Um, today, we're going to be talking about agency appraisals. The, the M&A space, while it's cooled off, is still still out there. Uh, there's folks looking at it wanting to get an appraisal for their business, whether it's for if you have an ESOP and you need to have it appraised, you're trying to maintain a, a good controls of your business, or you're looking to sell. Uh, we just wanted to chat about appraisals a bit. I know that's a big part of your business, so it'll be exciting to get your thoughts on the current state of appraisals and ethics and, and what's going on out there. Yeah, it's, uh, it is a, a fascinating part of my business. I, I enjoy I, I enjoy seeing the differences from one agency, one broker to another, and how that builds into their value proposition when uh, they go to do a transaction. Um, it's it's pretty fascinating. And, you know, one of the things that you brought up there is whether it's a valuation for an ESOP or a family or you're selling the agency outright. I think one of the points I want to make in this podcast today is that there are different definitions of value. And those different definitions of value apply to different scenarios. And there are a lot of laws out there, case law, statutory law, tax law, um, all kinds of different rules and regulations and laws that say that you don't have just one value. You have multiple values. And it depends on which set of laws apply to your situation. And it's so critical for everybody to understand this point that if, when you go to have your agency valued, you have to make sure that you and the appraiser are on the same page as to what the purpose is. And that the definition of value is appropriate for that purpose. And I really, really, really can't overemphasize that point. It's, it's just crucial. So for the insurance industry, a kind of analogy would be uh, the the value on a, on a home or a building. There's replacement costs, there's the sales price, there's the tax value, and it depends on what you're looking at. There just is not one number. It's very situational dependent. Exactly. A hundred percent. Very good analogy. Um, yeah, you have a, depending on where you're located, there's one, usually there's one definition of value for like a divorce. There's maybe another definition of value for an estate or a gift. There's, um, another definition of value, um, that applies usually to ESOPs and other employee related, um, stock options. There's, um, a lot of startups use deferred compensation. Um, and deferred compensation has a slightly different value um, definition, um, slight tweak to that one. And then you have the value that if you're actually going out to sell the agency, and that value turns out to be um, oftentimes very different than all the others. 
So it's just crucial. There isn't just one value. And I, one of the things I see is that there's some appraisers out there, some that specialize in insurance, that um, they don't educate their clients on these differences. And so the agency owner ends up with a valuation that is not acceptable, literally not legally acceptable for the venue for which the value was, was completed. And that has serious ramifications. It, that's almost like, right, you have different values and you also have different valuation reports that, that need to be done because you're going to be filing those in different places, right? Maybe it's mm-hmm. you're, you're going to go to court. And so yeah. you engage uh, an appraiser that comes in, gives you a valuation that maybe is going to be completely worthless once you get in front of, of the judge or, um, you know, heaven help you that you're having to deal with the IRS on something. 100%. Those, those type of things. Yeah. Courts and the IRS both have, uh, and it varies from court to court. And it sometimes even varies within the IRS, depending on the purpose. It's not just that you get the number right. The report itself has to meet certain qualifications. And it has to be, it has to have very specific segments in there. Uh, failure to do that. I won an expert witness case, um, helped win it um, some years ago because the other side didn't um didn't meet the court's requirements for how the report was written. Even if the number was correct, the report didn't meet the required format. So they lost. It's one of the reasons they lost. Um, so it's really important uh, to do this right um, all the way through. One of the other things that's different, that is very different from uh, the insurance valuation and business appraisals, is that especially if you're um, doing an appraisal that might be reviewed by the Department of Labor, which would be like a, um, an, a, a, uh, an ESOP or a gift or a, some kind of a tax valuation estate, things like that. While the IRS does not 100% demand it, the IRS requires that the appraiser be certified. Not just that you, like in insurance, you have a license, that's different. You actually have to be certified, and the certifications are not um, slam dunks by any means to obtain. Um, if you get your agency appraised and um, it's by someone that's not certified, that is usually quite often a red flag for an audit. And uh, there should be some more audits coming. I would, I would imagine at the IRS level. Um, yeah. Um, I just attended a conference with um, where the former head of the IRS's division <clears throat> that reviews um, certain kinds of business valuations spoke and um, business valuations um, are going, if my understanding of what he said was correct or is correct, um, there will be more audits of business valuations. Without question, um, there's going to be an emphasis there. So it, pay, I would be more cautious as to who the audience hires for those valuations. I'd spend the money to do it right. Because those, even if they go well, 
being involved in an IRS process is, is painful at best. <laughs> um, painful at best. Um, he shared some stories in uh, his presentation relative to the IRS's own ethics and standards. And um, I, I won't repeat them here, but to suggest that some people within the government have certain attitudes that um, can that um, can make life extremely painful without relevance um, would be putting would be an understatement. So um, it does. There's no reason to create a red flag when you can avoid it. It's 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 with all the new people they're hiring. The odds of someone at the IRS wanting to to audit you be simply because they lack knowledge and experience is going to be higher um, than it has been historically. The amount of retirements that he listed are just it's unfathomable that that many people are likely to retire and that they have to go out and find brand new people. And these people are just simply not going to have enough knowledge and experience from day one to, to not maybe even just make mistakes that can make your life harder. So don't do anything unnecessary. Yeah. I, I had heard a little bit within the last month talking to uh, an accountant that was concerned about the IRS and the retirements and, and what that was going to look like kind of across the board. Mm -hmm. So especially on valuations, if they're going to start, putting some more emphasis on looking at valuations. You're going to get new folks. It's going to be a process you'll want to have buttoned up. Yeah, you really do. So, you know, you want, you want to make sure of if you're getting evaluation done is make sure you, that you understand exactly what you're having the valuation done for. What's the point? And then make absolutely sure that the appraiser is agreeing to write the report to the standards for that purpose. So recently, I've seen a couple of different valuations reports that were written on what are called inform. Some people call them informal. Some people call them back of the envelope. Some people call them calculations. And the calculation reports can look to someone that doesn't know, that doesn't live in this world all the day, all the day long, like, hey, this is an official report. But what they don't know is that a number of standard boards, there's four basic standard boards for business valuations. They don't even allow those valuations, period. They are barred. And the other standard boards only allow them with express written consent. And the reason for it is, is because you can't use those valuation reports for anything other than an indication of value, maybe for your internal planning purposes, or I don't know what else you'd use it for. Um, we did one recently with express written consent, signed off about 10 different times because for the board of directors said that that's all we want and uh, we do not want anything official. All right, fine, just sign off because you, know, you can't use it for anything official. Um, the sad part, the last one I saw, it was really sad. The, the report was now going to be entered into the, the litigation process. 
but it couldn't be used for anything because it wasn't written to any standards. So the guy was going to have to have the valuation completely redone, pay, repay the whole amount. And yet he still had this report that otherwise can't be used. It will be used against him. He loses every which way from Sunday. And he was paid and he paid almost full price for that report. Be careful what you're getting. Um, pay full price. You know, if someone says, hey, we can do a valuation report for you for free or discounted. It'll only cost you five grand. You probably shouldn't go there. That's yeah, not what, right. It's uh, what's the old saying? There's no such thing as a as a free lunch. Um, you pay for it somehow. I always tell my kids when they're on social media and it's free, I said, well, if you're not paying, you're the product. Um, what kind of things can go on with those, those appraisals? What should people be on the lookout for? Well, if I saw one the other day where somebody's offering free appraisals, um, and, but it's a business broker. So they're getting your information. And they're using it in a potentially in many different ways. Um, you are the product <laughs> when it's free. Um, and that, there's a lot of risk to that. Um, there, and if it's free, somebody else is paying them. So is it in your best interest? You want an advocate, not a, depending on the nature of the valuation, the appraiser cannot be an advocate. That's 100% barred. But if you're looking to sell your agency, you want you want someone that's on your side, 100% working exclusively for you, um, not anyone else. So that is something that you want to really keep in mind. Um, another example on a, one that was involved in where litigation was involved, and it was one of these free ones, we were able to show that the appraiser was biased because it was free. So their report got thrown out. You don't want you don't want to go to court in a situation like that. You want to show that your report is not biased, preferably that the um, appraiser is being paid by the hour to show that there isn't bias. Uh, you want to make sure that the report is going to meet the uh, applicable uh, standards, and. Um, so we mentioned that it has to meet the right definition. It has to meet the right um, report format. The appraiser has to show that they're not biased. They're best if they're paid by the hour and that they have to be accredited. Failure to do any of those things, have all of those parts, means that your chances in litigation are, are diminished. Um, and if it goes to the IRS, if you're doing for like an ESOP or you're for which would be a DOL submission or a gift or um, estate tax, work with your estate attorney. But it's probably best if you attach the valuation report to your tax return. Don't let the IRS, don't create a situation in which the IRS comes and asks for it. That's a red flag. Um, so make sure that you you have that out there, um, and work with someone that is that specializes in insurance agencies. 
um, that has credit that lends a lot of credibility if the valuation is contested. It really does make a difference for that to be the case. I've testified in cases, um, I've submitted quite a few estate valuations, and um, I think it helps a lot. Okay. Well, I know the landscape has, has changed. I've seen some appraisers or or those free or discounted things come across the the email of, of folks that have never I'm not familiar with, never really seen before. And so the, the business models are changing there. Um so to kind of sum up, right, if you're looking for an appraisal, make sure you understand why you're needing it. If it's just for your information that you're going to only use and never provide to anybody else, probably have some more flexibility with with what what one you want to get. Yeah. But if you're having to do it for a specific purpose that's external to your agency, um, whether it's a, a sale or a, a valuation of an ESOP or those type of things, you'll want to get the right report from the the right type of appraiser. And absolutely. Uh, just be careful. One other point I want to make for everybody, if you're looking to sell your agency, just outright sell it to a third party it might be best that you not actually have a full-blown valuation completed. Um, it might be best if you use a, a high-quality business broker to set a value. When you go to set a value, that's different than doing a valuation. And the reason I say that is because in the due diligence process, if a, a full formal valuation has been done, or even an informal one, that becomes discoverable and that might work against you. The standards of disclosure at the business broker level are pretty low. And um, that, that might help you when you go to sell your agency to have very low standards of disclosure. Leave it to the buyer to ask the right questions and request the right information for that. You don't have to volunteer it. Very good. Well, on that, that is a, that's the, the piece of advice. Everybody should just write a check and send in just, <laughs> just for listening today. But, uh, Chris, thank you as always for the insight. And I've got a lot of experience doing this and it's always fascinating to get a, a peek behind the curtain and understand some of the details that I think most folks don't see on a day-to-day -day basis. So yeah. really appreciate the conversation. I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah, I, I hope this helps protect people because it's when I see these situations and we have to redo it or damage has been done, it just really tears my heart out. It, it really does. I'm not exaggerating. Okay. Well, we appreciate everybody listening and we'll look forward to talking to you next time.